Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today, Housing Wire Digital Media Manager Alcina Lloyd interviews Andy Walden, the economist and director of market research at Black Knight, about their latest forbearance data that indicates as of July 9th, the number of active plans have fallen below 2 million for the first time since April 2020. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. At Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, we know your vision of success is unique to you. That's why your goals and our culture of support go hand in hand. We give you the tools and support you need to thrive and live your best life. Come home to Atlantic Bay. Visit joinatlanticbay.com to explore what's possible. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, NMLS number 72043, is an equal opportunity employer. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Andy Walden, the economist and VP of market research at Black Knight. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Listeners, today, Andy will be speaking to us about Black Knight's latest weekly snapshot of daily loan level forbearance data, which was published on July 9th and indicates the number of active plans have now fallen below 2 million for the first time since April 2020. Um, Before we dive in today, Andy, you've been on our show a few times, but can you let our listeners know more about you and what your work often entails with Black Knight? Absolutely. So I head up our market research team here at Black Knight. So I kind of get the fun job of digging through all of the different Black Knight data assets, whether it's our McDash mortgage performance data, our home price index, some of our real-time housing market trends or or our optimal blue rate lock data, and really understanding what that underlying data is telling us about the market, what's going on in the market, um, and kind of telling that story to the market. All right. So you're perfect for today's topic, which we're going to be talking about forbearance data. So let's switch gears and focus on that. Andy, can you tell us a little bit about Black Knight's forbearance report and how you calculate the data? Additionally, how often is the report published? Absolutely. And what what became very clear kind of early on in the pandemic, kind of March and April of 2020, was the need for real-time reporting out there in the market. Uh, Traditionally, mortgage performance data has kind of been on a a monthly cadence, and there's a little bit of a lag to really understanding what happened last month or the month prior. And it became clear that housing policy was was going to need to be implemented very, very rapidly. And so what we did was we kind of switched from or added to that monthly cadence of data collection. We went to a daily mortgage performance collection. So we started collecting loan level mortgage performance data every day. We added in some forbearance fields there as well. And so this is really sitting on top of underlying loan level servicer provided kind of daily aggregations of of mortgage performance data. Um, In terms of the cadence of reporting, we put out our forbearance tracker every Friday. So once a week, we kind of provide a snapshot of not only what happened that week, inflow, outflow of forbearance activity, but also the number of outstanding forbearances and that kind of broken down by investor category as well. All right. So we're going to dive in on some of that data that you offered. Um, We'll focus on uh, data found in Black Knight's latest report. According to the weekly snapshot, as of July 9th, the overall number of active forbearance plans dropped by 189,000. What propelled this decline? And really, it kind of goes back to the way that servicers are handling these forbearances. So we know that uh, borrowers have up to 18 months in forbearance, but what you don't see underlying those 18 months is that servicers are really kind of doing 
quarterly review checks on these forbearance plans. So every three months, borrowers are checked in on and they're reviewed for either extension of that forbearance plan or to have that borrower removed from forbearance. And what we saw in the month of June was over 800,000 of those forbearance plan reviews taking place. So it was really those borrowers that entered into their forbearance very early on, kind of in that March, April, 2020 timeframe, they were going through their 15th month of forbearance. And so there was a lot of review volume taking place in June, again, almost 800,000 plan reviews in the month as a whole, and about 325,000 in the final week of June. And that's why we saw those big drops there kind of around the 4th of July holiday. I see. So I want to dive a little deeper on some of the other data that you include. Um, in the report, Black Knight claims that nearly two-thirds of the 325,000 plans reviewed for extension or removal resulted in exits marking the highest weekly exit rate in more than six months and the highest weekly removal volume since the first week of plans went through their 12-month reviews a few months ago. And while 1.86 million homeowners remain in COVID-19-related forbearance plans, as of July 6th, Forbearance plan starts to climb for the first week to a total fewer than 26,000, marking a new pandemic era low. Uh, I want to unpack this. Can we attribute this decline to the nation's economic health and job growth, or are there other factors at play? I mean, absolutely, that's a key driver behind what we're seeing, it, both in forbearance plan improvement and in terms of delinquency rate improvement in the broader market is, is just the overall improvement that we're seeing in economic trends. I think there are a couple secondary trends there. One is, again, the, the large volume of reviews. So the last time we saw this level of exit velocity was when those early forbearance entrants went through their 12-month reviews three months ago. So this is kind of a secondary wave following that. And then thirdly, I think we're all kind of looking down the road at September and October and the, the large volume of terminal expirations that are upcoming here over the next three months. I think servicers are trying to get out in front of that a little bit and incorporate some of those reviews earlier on as well. I, I want to discuss policy as we talk about people leaving for Barron's. Um, I want to discuss policy that's about to happen. Recently, the White House said in a statement that three federal agencies that back mortgages, the United States Department of Agriculture, the Department of Veteran Affairs, and the Department of Housing and Urban Development would extend the pandemic-related foreclosure ban until July 31st. The Federal Housing Finance Agency, which oversees Fannie and Freddie, said it will similarly extend its limit through the end of July. This latest extension will be the last last one, according to the Biden administration. Andy, do you believe this will actually be the last one? And is the housing market prepared to officially exit forbearance? You know, I do. I mean, never say never when it comes to, to housing policy. But I mean, I'll, I'll take them at their word that this will be the, the final extension of uh, those foreclosure moratoriums. And you're seeing the CFPB propose rules starting uh, at the end of August as well, a variety of different protections that are being put in place for these borrowers as well. And servicers are being encouraged to even incorporate some of those rules a little bit earlier, kind of when those uh, foreclosure moratoriums expire. So I think broadly speaking, the market is prepared for this to be the final extension. So I want to dive deeper on this. To continue on my last question, I want to focus on a report from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Their latest forbearance survey, which uh, studies servicers forbearance portfolio, uh, indicates that according to the MBA, of the cumulative exits for the period from June 1st, 2020 through July 4th, 2021, 27.8% resulted in loan deferrals or partial claims. Another 23.5% represented borrowers who continued to make their monthly payments during their forbearance period. However, roughly 15.5% represented borrowers who did not make all of their monthly payments and exited forbearance without a loss mitigation plan in place. Uh, the MBA indicates that about 11% resulted in a loan modification or trial loan modification. So my question for you is, as we continue to see more and more homeowners exit forbearance, what does this mean for the overall market? Like, I mean, are all these homeowners financially prepared to resume paying their mortgages? 
That's a good question. I mean, if, I think if we look holistically at the volume of homeowners that have been in forbearance, we're, we're looking at about 7.25 million homeowners that have been in forbearance at some point over the last 15 months. We're talking 14% of all mortgage holders have been in forbearance. Performance of, of people that have exited forbearance plans so far has been pretty strong. We've seen almost three quarters of all, all uh, homeowners that have been in forbearance that have exited about two thirds of all homeowners that have been in forbearance have not only exited, but are either reperforming or have paid off their mortgage in full. So you're seeing pretty strong uh, performance so far. Now, I, I think it's fair to assume that, that folks that need the full 18 months of forbearance may perform a little bit differently than folks that exited early uh, on their own accord, but there are some additional protections in place, right? So we have this post-forbearance waterfall of assistance to help homeowners get back on track. Um, can they, with a deferment, can they return to making mortgage payments? Do they need a mod? Right? And even beyond that, I think there are a couple additional of assistance programs to help homeowners. One is uh, homeowners assistance funds. There's $10 billion out there to help homeowners at the state level. Um, and then even beyond that, when we start to look at equity positions, there's a nice equity backdrop there as well. We know that homeowners are sitting on more equity than they ever have been as, as well. And even folks that are in those forbearance plans are in very strong equity positions. So I think broadly speaking, I, I think there's a lot of optimism about homeowners' ability to, to go back and return to making mortgage payments. Um, and I, I think those additional assistance programs and equity backstops are going to help as well. So the, the programs that you're mentioning, they have the potential to be very helpful. And what many uh, are hoping to avoid is an, an, another foreclosure crisis or a bunch of people not being able to pay their mortgages. And this leads me to my last question. Um, as we go forward, is there anything else you think our listeners need to know about the home buying market, um, forbearances or Black Knight's data relating to forbearances? Yeah, I mean, I think the key time frame, right? A lot of questions are out there in the market about potential foreclosure risk or default risk as we exit these forbearance plans. I think the key time in the market is going to be that September or October time frame. Uh, all in, if you look at the 1.9 million forbearance plans out there, about half of them are set to expire at the end of this year. And more acutely, over 500,000 are set to expire in September and October alone. So those are really the key time frames that a lot of folks in the mortgage and housing markets are really going to be dialed in uh, on that data, analyzing how those borrowers are performing coming out of those plans, is there additional assistance needed, and so on. So I think people are going to be very acutely focused on the data at those points in times, and obviously we are as well. So keep an eye on those uh, forbearance tracker blog posts and additional uh, mortgage monitor posts around that time to really kind of get a feel in almost real time of, of how we're progressing through those key periods. Well, we'll have to have you back on around that time to see how well the market fares and see some of your data and what you project for the future as well. Absolutely. All right. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Listeners, join us back here tomorrow for more Housing Wire Daily. Thank you. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, or real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Alcina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and we'll catch everyone back here again tomorrow. Tomorrow.